Hello and welcome again to Money Tips Daily. This is Money Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save and make more money. Well, I'm actually speaking from Lithuania in a place called Vilnius, which is the capital of Lithuania. And I'm having a little break here, a little city break. And of course, uh, it's very cheap to do that nowadays, obviously depending on where you live. But if you're in Europe uh, and parts of Asia, there are so many budget flights now that it it's, it's almost cheaper to go away than stay at home. Uh, so I, I decided to take a, a two and a half hour flight over to Lithuania, where I haven't been. But Lithuania, of course, is in the Baltic states, a former sort of Eastern Bloc country, uh, which is now part of the European Union. So you, you have to spend euros and I change pounds to euros. And of course, the exchange rate on the market is 113, 114. You go to give them the euros and you get back 98 euros for every hundred you get pounds you give them. So how does that work? But if they're selling them, it's the other way. I mean, they're making about 15% margin. So I think I'm in the wrong business. I should just be in a currency exchange. Anyway, that's uh, another little rants for the day. But uh, it's, it's a lovely place. The sun is shining, a bit chillier than London. But uh, I'll, I'll be uh, uh, doing a little tour soon. So uh, I got here uh, at the airport. And of course, Uber are here. And uh, it's, everyone is using Uber here, which is great. Uh, Uber is one of those uh, disruptive companies, they're called, uh, so-called because they're disrupting the, the norm, they're disrupting the established businesses. So Uber have disrupted, say, black taxis in London, and uh, they're actually going through a licensing problem at the moment in London, probably a political thing more than anything else to, to get them off the road. But they are affecting black taxis. I, I do feel a bit sorry for black cab drivers, but on the other hand, um, black cab drivers have had it you know, had their monopoly for so long that, you know, they've grown tired, you know, they've, they've grown obsolete, they're so expensive to use. They, up until recently, they, they never liked taking credit cards, it was always cash. Um, you could try and get a cab at night and, you know, they were very difficult, they were driving around without their lights on, stopping if they wanted to go your way, well, I'm not going that way, mate, I can't do that. Um, you know, I'm, uh, and basically picking and choosing the journeys they want, which they're not allowed to do. Legally, they should take you if their light is on. Uh, so they've had it quite good for, for a long time. And then this disruptive company called Uber, who don't even own taxis, have sort of taken the world by storm and made it a lot cheaper to get around. And it, it's a great service, and I like it. And you can go to countries, I've used Uber in, in the Philippines, I've used it in America and various parts of Europe and, and they're fantastic and over here I got an Uber from the airport it cost me about four euros uh, whereas I advised if I'd used a normal cab they would have probably you know literally taken the tourists for a ride and charged me 40 euros I, I don't know but uh, uh, they're, they're like one of those disruptive companies that we've seen in the past like Airbnb is another one uh, you can travel around the world and, and get very reasonable and quality accommodation through Airbnb, who again, don't own any apartments. Booking.com don't own hotels, um, but they're worth more than many of the hotel groups who've got the bricks and mortar business. So that's something to think about. I mean, not many taxi firms are worth more than Uber, and yet Uber don't drive cars. They don't maintain cars, they don't buy cars. Booking.com uh, and Expedia, they don't buy hotels, they don't buy airlines and yet they're worth more than some of these physical airline and hotel businesses. So that's something to remember. 
Um, these are part of these disruptive industries and they've made life better for the consumer. Yes, they've disrupted the old industries, but they have made life better for us. You know, they've made things cheaper, they've made things more competitive. You know, if you go onto Amazon, for instance, you can compare prices easily. Um, same with eBay. Uh, and I suppose the other disruptive industry is, is immigration. I mean, uh, migrants going to a country like, like the UK, uh, migrants from Europe and Asia have made things more competitive. They've made the country more competitive. They certainly made it, uh, you know, when you want work done, you want building work done, you know, um, they have disrupted the norm. They've disrupted the old school of builder that only wanted to work five days a week. He, he, he wanted to overcharge. He picked and cho chose the jobs he wanted to do. Now you, you get a Polish or Romanian builder. You know, they work fast. They, they're competitive. Um, you know, they'll work six days a week. They'll work long hours and, and so on. You know, I could go on and on about this. So the disruptive industries and basically brought on by the internet, I suppose, have changed the game in so many ways uh, for us and made life better for the consumer. But obviously, on the downside, they're taking away jobs, I suppose. Um, and we're, we're going to see uh, millions of jobs being taken away by technology, uh, by robotic technology, by, by uh, you know, just the, the electronic transactions that go on that are uh, removing many jobs. So that, that's going to be a big change and a big upheaval for all of us. And the other disruptive industry, of course, has benefited me this weekend is, is the budget and low-cost airlines that have disrupted the, the, the norm of the, you know, the carriers, the country carriers, you know, the Air France, the, the uh, Lufthansa and the British Airways that once controlled the airways to such an extent that it was, you know, it would have cost you sort of £500 to fly to Paris, you know, ridiculous prices a few years ago. And, and the price of flying has, has come down through... Ryanair, EasyJet, and uh, I mean, I've flown with Wizz Air, for instance, a very good airline. Book online, you know, use your electronic uh, um, uh, boarding pass, and, and it's great, you know, and, and, and very cheap prices. Now, on the other side of that, uh, you know, for, for those people, I mean, that's benefited people who've got access to smartphones and internet, but there is sort of an underclass of society that don't seem to have benefited from this new revolution. And unfortunately, they're the people that seem to get ripped off. Uh, if, if you've heard of a company called Brighthouse um, that cater, I mean, they're, they're put into poorer areas of society and, you know, where people, they're, they're a furniture company, basically, that sell furniture at extortionate prices. Well, they don't sell furniture, they rent furniture. So let's say you, you could buy a sofa for £200 or £300. You know, they would rent it for £2.50 a week. Now that sounds a good deal, but you know if you add it up, they're charging thousands of percent interest on on this this furniture by having to rent it because the people they're selling to can't afford to buy it. Um, okay, for them it might be a good model, but it doesn't sort of sit comfortably in my gut really that they're kind of ripping off the people that. Uh, let's use the word ripping off but they're exploiting the people who can least afford it and uh, companies like this I don't know uh, it's not the sort of business I would, I would want to be involved in because you know you're taking the people who are at the lowest end of society that literally have got no money but keep going back to this company and renting things like they rent a TV I mean 
I thought nobody rented TVs anymore. My mum rented a TV in the 60s and 70s, uh, but now surely it's cheaper to go and buy a television for £150 than, than rent it for, for £3 a week. What, what, you know, but if you haven't got £150, you know, if, if you think about being at that level where you, you haven't even got £20 in your pocket, you know, renting a TV or renting an Xbox seems to make sense. But you know, unfortunately, at that level in society, they, they lack the financial education, they lack the means to just go out and you know, go on eBay and buy something for £50 rather than rent it for two or three pounds a week. Now, I, I, I doubt if I'm getting many listeners from that end of the market, but if you are uh, listening and you do rent a TV from Bright House, then you need to really educate yourself financially and get off of that, that uh, borrowing money to buy consumer goods. It's the worst thing you can do is to borrow money for and pay interest to buy things that go down in value and depreciate in value. Um, so that's, that's that. And the other end of that is the sort of uh, the check cash-in, the cash converters, uh, the pawnbrokers that have fed off the, the poorest element of society. And they would feel that they're given a good service. A pawnbroker might feel that, you know, I'm lending money to people that the banks don't want to attain, entertain, and that's fine. You know, but check, cash in a check, um, you know, and charging five, six, ten percent interest is is kind of you know exploiting people that that literally need money. Pawnbrokers, yeah, okay, there's a market for it, um, but uh, and and they would say that you know people who can't get a bank loan, can't even get a bank account sometimes, need money fast. They're there as as a service, but it's it's not the sort of business I'd want to be in, and it's it's kind of the opposite end from the the disruptive side where. You know, the, the, the middle classes and people who've got access to the internet and can, can afford a smartphone can benefit from this. Down at the other end, um, you know, people are still struggling to get up. And, and this is happening in, in Western countries, which are, have probably never been wealthy. There's never been more money around uh, than now. And yet there are still people at the bottom end of the market that are struggling to get up there. And I, in fact, on Saturday, I was at a course run by a guy called Rob Moore, who's written a book called Money, uh, a very good book, and uh, he runs a course on, on money mastery, and it's a very good course, and, and one of the things they've said there is that, that there's never been a time in history when there is more money around uh, and more capital around to, 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 to invest, basically. There's more capital available to invest that now than there has ever been in history. and. You know, unfortunately, if you're uh, a low-paid worker, or you're unemployed, or you're working on a zero-hour contract for the minimum minimum wage, you might think, well, "Where is all this money?" Well, th this is at the other end of the scale. On, on the one hand, you know, there, there's, there are investors who want to invest 20 million in a project, but on the other hand, the guy who wants 50 quid has to go and pawn something and pay, you know, 20, 30 percent interest on that that money. So. It's, it's a polar end of uh, two polars, really, polar ends, not polar bears, of, of society. And there's a, there's a huge difference there. Anyway, um, I, I, while I was at the uh, course with Rob Moore, which he, he runs a company called Progressive Property, and I've been on some of his property courses as well, and uh, very good courses. And his partner is Mark Homer, and he has a book called Low Cost, High Life, Low Cost, High Life, Live an affordable life of luxury, and uh, I, I, it, it's not exactly the cheapskates um, manual, but 
he, he is the kind of guy that has got money, but uh, in some ways doesn't like parting with it. Well, not, not, um, not easily anyway. So he, he wants to show you that whilst he's got loads of money in the bank and he can afford to travel first class everywhere, he would find a way of traveling business class without you know, paying the full rate. He doesn't like paying the full price for anything. And I suppose it's a bit like me. He likes to compare prices. He likes to negotiate and haggle. And it's all part of fun for him, I suppose. But it's, I would recommend the book. You can get it on Amazon. Live an Affordable Life of Luxury by Mark Homer, which is spelt H-O-M-E-R. And he's, he's the partner of uh, Rob Moore. And I think they control about 700 properties, which are their own control or whatever. About 700 properties between the two of them. And uh, they are certainly living uh, a luxurious lifestyle. They're very successful young guys and good luck to them. So uh, that's all for now. I'd recommend that book and uh, get yourself financially educated. Keep educating yourself financially because the more you do, the more you will learn to manage your money and that in turn will help you grow your money and live uh, a life of financial freedom. So that's all for now. This has been Money Kelly, bringing you money tips to help you save and make more money.